everybody must have seen by now New York Times suing OpenAI. This is not just another uh, small story. New York Times essentially kind of stands for media, right? They are the OG. This is what everybody was uh, looking for. Jane, you and I have talked uh, in the past about other uh, organizations starting to form smaller level, uh, you know, cooperative, uh, you know, organ, you know, sort of like just uh, cooperative relationships with uh, open AI and journalism. But Jaden, this has been the question since the beginning. What is open AI doing? What's copywriting? Is something going to happen here at some point? And the New York Times obviously has been in discussions and, uh, and we have some, uh, you know, parts of the article that I'll read from and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but most importantly, like obviously they've been in discussions since March. This has been a question uh, that's been uh, ongoing. And as others are starting to kind of form these relationships, New York Times just suddenly put their foot down and they're like, we're worth more than this. And it feels like that moment where like two, you know, couple, you know, a couple like is in a fight and they're like, you don't believe I'm going to leave? Watch. And they like, you'll know, grab their suitcase and they walk out and they're like, this is now before a judge. And we are about to find out because, I mean, one of the things just real quick, because I want to throw it over and get your thoughts on this, is New York Times is not just saying, hey, you know, you have to slow down. New York Times is going out. And by the way, you know that they have to have relationships with OpenAI. And yet in the court cases, they're saying like, no more of this. You have to destroy all the training data. You have to destroy the models. Like all this existential threat to OpenAI. What are you seeing when you're reading this, Shaden? Yeah, my re my response, because yeah, I was kind of looking over the, the court case and seeing pretty much their demands, what they're calling for. And yeah, they're saying like the, the destruction of the models. I'm like, there's no way... Oh, like, there's no way OpenAI, but regardless of OpenAI, like, imagine this is a front man because they're also suing, they're OpenAI and Microsoft, they're suing both of them, and you know, Microsoft owns half of it, so it, it makes sense. There's no way the New York Times is going to get Microsoft to, like, backpedal and burn the $5 billion that they've spent <laughs> training GPT, or the, you know, the GPT, like, there's just no way that's going to happen. Um, and in addition to that, I think that, uh, I think the concept is kind of a... I just don't think I don't think this is very viable. Like their their claims seem a little crazy. It's kind of like destroy it all, and um, I, I understand. So they're okay. So there's two sides. I understand they're like we don't want to be included in your training set. Whatever, that's fine. OpenAI scooped up the whole internet, and some people are going to complain about it. I think they have a right if they don't want to be in it. You got to make an opt out. Whatever. But the whole like destroy your whole thing and pay us billions of dollars um, is far fetched when you look at the reason why. And maybe you can talk a little bit about this, but the reason that uh, the New York Times is citing for this lawsuit is that they're, they're claiming that OpenAI has created a duplicate competing product to them that is causing monetary loss. Well, what's, your, what's your opinion on the duplicate product? This is, so this is one of the most interesting things because, I mean, New York Times, listen, so I am a, uh, you know, a writer and a creator and all that kind of stuff, so I really care about copyright. Jaden, I know you do too. And also... And I don't want to speak for you, Jane, but like we are huge like AI evangelists. Like this is great stuff, and so I don't want anything bad to happen to our boys over at boys, you know, men and women, boys colloquially, uh, to all the phenomenal people over at uh, OpenAI. But you know, there has to be something uh, in place here. But when they talk about creating a duplicate model, I mean, look, New York Times just from the smell test has a phenomenal case here. I mean, because like. When, you know, people are now going to things like ChatGPT, especially if it's connected to the internet or, you know, Bing is maybe a better example. It's connected to the internet. 
And they are searching for information here. And if that information is being pulled from the New York Times, I mean, like, I can't just, like, go and grab the New York Times off the street and then write Connor's newspaper. And, like, now I could rewrite the news, but what open what uh, New York Times is claiming is that, you know, this is sort of some information that you couldn't have gotten anywhere else. Let's say it's an exclusive interview with Mark Zuckerberg or something like that, and suddenly that's in there. Like, that is not – it's not that the – it's not the problem – that they're giving the news out. The problem is that they are, you know, sometimes not sourcing it, and sometimes they are, but ChatGPT isn't great at sourcing those kinds of things. But also, like, so first of all, New York Times is losing out to a competitor there. And this is not, and I was writing about this on LinkedIn, you know, back in the day when they were just using it to learn how to talk, essentially, right? I mean, like, it was just like learning how language worked from the New York Times. But now, when people are putting their $20 a month not to the New York Times, but instead to ChatGPT, that's a real competition. But the, but the other thing I find super fascinating is not just that. It's not just that ChatGPT is saying, well, the New York Times says, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, the war in Israel, like this happened today or something like that, right? It's not just that. It's that they also say the New York Times, uh, you know, quotes, uh, you know, uh, former First Lady Michelle Obama as saying blah, blah, blah. And it's, if it, when it hallucinates, then on the other side, that makes New York Times look terrible as well. So New York Times has this really interesting case, but I, I don't know how much it holds water because I have never been able to kind of like get it to like replicate quotes from the New York Times, right? Now they say they can. I don't know if that's going to hold water, but the principle and the smell test kind of thing is to me anyway, that this is a direct competitor. And I want to get your thoughts on that, Jaden, but the other kind of you know quick thing on that too is just that all these other companies are jumping in, and I'll just like read this super quick, which is like other news organizations, this is from a New York Times article, but I think it's actually a pretty fair article. Uh, other news organizations, including Gannett, uh, which is the world's largest, uh, the, I'm sorry, the US, uh, the largest US newspaper company, News Corp, which is, owns like Wall Street Journal, New York Post, et cetera, uh, and the IAC, which is the digital colossus behind the Daily Beast, uh, et cetera, have been in talks with OpenAI, says people uh, who are familiar with these kind of secret uh, negotiations. The News Media Alliance, representing 2,200 news organizations in North America, has also been talking with OpenAI about a framework for a deal that would suit its members. So it's one of these things where the New York Times is, I think, standing alone to a certain extent, which is both like, look, we're going to stand on principle and get a better deal. But it feels like the one holdout from like the, the uh, class action lawsuit or something like that. And New York Times is saying, we deserve more than this, and we have a case. I'm not sure, though. Okay. I love your perspective, and I'm actually happy because I, I, I disagree with you. Like, I agree with some of your points. I disagree with you with a bunch, but I'm actually excited about that so we can, we can discuss it. The one thing I think um, that you and, and the New York Times 100% is right is the reputational, like, damage aspect. If that is a serious problem, I think that's a real problem, right? If it's misquoting the New York Times as saying something that it didn't say, like, that's no good. And I think... I think at the end of the day, those kind of hallucination problems, like, will get solved. Like, we'll, we'll get these things to be more accurate, and it'll get fixed in the future, whether it's there today or not. So, well, we can argue about whether this is, like, a big problem, which, I mean, I don't think it's a great thing, but I don't think it's going to be a problem long term, so I, I tend to focus on it less. Okay, the things that I think I probably have a different perspective on is um, when you say that OpenAI is, like, a duplicate, uh, you know, competing product. I don't actually think that ChatGPT in any way can be a competing product to something like uh, the New York Times. If I go to the New York Times, sure, there's an occasion where I might go and look up like a, an article from like 10 years ago because I'm like, what the heck happened? Or like I'm researching some historical event and I'm like, this is crazy. And I like Google like what was happening in 1986 when blah, blah, blah happened. And there's like some New York art. So like, like that I can sort of see. 
but 90% of my usage of the New York Times, and I think most people's usage is like, what is happening today? There's some big news story today. And because OpenAI doesn't have that last year of data in it, I don't think that it really can be called a competing product because it's not bringing you up-to-date local or any sort of news. It's not bringing you anything up-to-date. It's kind of like old facts that are established. And the other thing that I think um, I, I would disagree with is the fact that even if people are like, yeah, but like it's grabbing you know quotes from the New York Times, exclusive to the New York Times, I actually don't think there's any issue with that because that's the standard practice that every news organization has done for the last hundred years. Where like every time I'm using reading like a an article, it's like in an interview with Thompson Routers, this person said blah blah blah, and then the journalist talks about whatever they want. So I I think that like it's pretty much probably under fair use where you're like grabbing quotes. Somebody said something in a public forum or even in a private interview, but it was published publicly. I think we're allowed to like say what the person said. So I don't think that that's in any, I don't think they have any like issues there grabbing, like even if it's exclusive quotes, everyone else does that. All the other journalists do that. Um, and then my final like perspective on all of this, I was reading um, some pontification by like a, uh, by like an IP expert or whatever. And they were saying what the New York Times is going to struggle with the most in this case, uh, what they're going to have the hardest time with is the fact is, is convincing the courts that it's chat GPT that's duplicating them and not the user. Because at the end of the day, chat GPT doesn't have a news website where they're scraping everything from the New York Times, rewriting it and publishing it. Chat GPT is just a corpus that you, you can go and query. And at the end of the day, it's like me that I go to chat GPT and say, you know, what happened on this day and that. And then it's probably pulling some data from the New York Times and something from like the Washington Post and something from somewhere else. And it's kind of mashing them up together. But it's like, at the end of the day, it's like me asking. And I'm like, okay, but like, what was like this person doing? And like, what was the like geographic like situation on with like this thing and that thing? And like, I'm asking like all these different questions. So at the end of the day, is it like ChatGPT that created the content? Or is it me that directed it to put the pieces together? And I think that's what they'll struggle with the most in this court case. But I'm curious to hear your perspective. No, on I think so, too. And I'd love to, like, vehemently disagree. I think this would be such a better, like, podcast if we were screaming at each other. But I, uh, but I don't totally disagree. I mean, I think that if they have solved the paywall problem, I mean, that was the big thing with Bing, right, with uh, Browse with Bing. If they've solved that then I think New York Times does not have a great case. Now, I, I kind of agree with you about like people don't go back to the New York Times and read that and all that kind of stuff. I agree, but but New York Times, it's still their IP, right? I mean, like, so what they would argue is like, yeah, but if you want that and if we've provided the thing, but I don't know how that's, I mean, to agree with you on this part, I don't know how that's not fair use. Do you know what I mean? Like, because that's now mm -hmm. out in the open, all that kind of stuff. The only thing that I can see... And when I've read the court case, I may have this wrong a little bit. So, like, um, you know, folks can kind of correct me on this. But, like, it looks like New York Times is saying it's pulling verbatim articles. So, like, some of the journalists are saying, like, it's pulling our article verbatim. And if, if that's an article that's been published in the last, like, say, week, then that is absolutely 100% plagiarism. I sure. just don't – I haven't seen a lot of evidence of that. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to sort of, like, you know, say, like, what, one way or the other. But if they – and here's the other thing, like – how are they going to show that in court? Try replicating ChatGPT's behavior in court and see how far that gets you, right? I mean, they'd have to sort of like have a screen recording for like a year before they get something like that. So I do think the reputational damage, but even that, I don't know. So I don't disagree with you. I think that if the, so for me, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost like a single point issue, which is if the paywall is strong, if the paywall is in place, then I don't think New York Times really has a case. I think that the fact that they trained it on New York Times, I, I've said this in LinkedIn and everywhere else, that to me is completely fair use. I mean, that's how people learn to read. It's how people learn to write it. It's everything like that. I just don't know, like, 
if it is true that ChatGPT is actually sort of like verbatim pulling things, then that seems clear. I just, I don't know. Can I say that? It's not that I don't believe them. I just like have a hard time. And also, I mean, what we can agree on, Jane, is that this is purely a money play, right? Sort of like they're yeah, looking to sort 100%. of like settle. But the other thing is that, and this is where I sort of like wanted to take this conversation too. I'm not convinced that this doesn't totally save journalism. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that, you know, OpenAI, Microsoft, all that kind of, you know, all that stuff, like they need great information. Like, otherwise, like, I'm not a huge proponent of like, oh, it's going to start cannibalizing. It's eating its own data. It's going to get worse. I haven't seen much evidence of that. In fact, I've seen studies that that's not the case. But there is, it's absolutely true that people need news. And it has nobody any favors, not Anthropic, not OpenAI, not Microsoft, anybody else, to put journalists out of business. They need them. And if you are sort of dissuading journalists from doing their job, they are only shooting themselves in the foot. So I'm wondering where that is going to go, you know? Yeah, 100%. I think it's obviously like a money play and like, you know, no hate, whatever. People are going to do whatever they're going to do. That's fine. It's it's a, it's business. Um but what I will say is if if their goal is to, you know, protect the brand of the New York Times, um, they need to do a deal. And maybe they're working on this. Maybe this is all part of their settlement. They need to do a deal where it's they're getting they're getting paid to be included in OpenAI instead of we're so mad, destroy, like shut down ChatGPT and remove us from your training data. Like that's not going to do anyone any favors because at the end of the day, we know OpenAI just signed their deal with Axel Springer, who of course owns Business Insider and a bunch of others. And uh, so what's going to happen is these news sources, it's its essentially whoever, whoever makes the deal is going to get included. I actually, if I'm being 100% honest, I don't even know if OpenAI has to make deals where they pay Axel Springer to let them be included. At some point, let's say they have Axel Springer. Now, all of a sudden, what, what's to stop OpenAI from being like Google and being like, okay, New York Times, you have to pay if you want to be included in our model. And we're going to leave links out to your website and send you more traffic. But if you want like your stuff in ours, you got to pay us, right? So like, I don't know, like who pretty much who pays is who's benefiting the most from the distribution. And at this point, the New York Times is a big legacy brand. It's got good distribution. But I think there comes a point when OpenAI's distribution gets bigger than the New York Times. I mean, it's probably there right now, to be 100% honest. Um, so it's like, who's benefiting the most, right? And so I, I think no. that maybe they'll make a deal. But I don't think this whole, like, an all-out war of, like, destroy ChatGPT is a good idea. Or it's going to be beneficial to the New York Times. I have a hard time seeing how they're going to benefit from this. Other than no, maybe they get a billion-dollar uh, settlement. No, I agree. I think, I mean, I think it's purely a negotiation play. It absolutely has to be. So, but, but what you've sort of said, just like kind of like raised, kind of like got me thinking as well, which is like, we kind of moved from the paper version of New York Times to the digital version. And I think that there was a time where they didn't know if more people would want digital or, or paper. So they kind of have both, like there is still a paper version of the New York Times. I see it like once every six months on the train or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, I think that, I mean, even if, New, I don't think there's any way that New York Times pays OpenAI to send people to them because I think that that ship has sailed. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just mm. don't think that's going to help people, help people get their news. I think that there's going to be a long legacy of people that, you know, for the next 30 years, of people going to the New York Times and getting their, their stuff there and all that kind of stuff. But I think just more and more, people are less and less interested in that. So like, you know, something like Perplexity or something like that, that amalgamates tons of different news sources. Now, do people just want the New York Times? I think right now they would say yes, but I'm not sure that that's true at all. I mean, like the, the history of, you know, the world economy is 
consolidation. It's not, you know, it's not fracturing. I mean, like all these giant companies start coming together and coming together. And all these companies that really felt like they had an own unique value proposition and they had their own unique, uh, you know, loyalty and all that kind of stuff. I think that I love the New York Times. I just think it's good writing. But like, but if I'm getting that kind of quality writing somewhere else, am I going to specifically go to the New York Times? So I hear what you're saying, like who pays who? I think that happens in the short term. But I think very quickly that writing is on the wall that we're moving from paper to New York Times digital to just this amalgamation with the New York Times throwing its considerable weight and also reputation behind open AI, like powered, not powered by New York Times, but do you know what I mean? Like in collaboration with the New York Times, I'd much more like for me, because I like the New York Times, I would much more trust that source. Like if, so for example, if Anthropic had an exclusive with New York Times, Washington Post, some of these other, what some people might call kind of like liberal rags or whatever, but like if they had that, that's probably where I would go over open AI. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if that mm -hmm. partnership matters. Yeah, I think it'll be so interesting to see how it plays out. You brought up an interesting point, and I think that, and I could be completely wrong, but I'll say for myself and maybe for my demographic that, like, I represent, I'm less interested in being loyal to one specific news source because I've done it before where I'm like, this is my favorite one. They align with, like, my opinions and my whatever. And then they'll do something, and I'm like, oh, don't like that or whatever. And then it's like at the end of the day, I realize, like, okay, like, these organizations, especially when we have the consolidation now where it's like there's an umbrella organization that owns like 20 news com news things. At this point, I don't really care about the opinion pieces on any news site. What Like if I want an opinion piece, I'm going to go to Twitter and I'll follow some like influencers or journalists there. And that's where I get my like opinion pieces for. Um, but at the end of the day, what I really want is just like facts. And I know th this is so random. I don't know if this tells anything about me or like whatever, but like my one of my favorite news sources to read it's not like I, I don't even read like most of my like information there but it's axios i think it's a, a new ish news startup but i like it because it's like it's got a bunch of bullet points at the top very brief it, it just just seems more like it's just like it almost could be generated by ai just like the bullet points of what's happening in like a story and that's like mostly what i care about i care less about the journalist's opinion on stuff um and i know that's me and i don't know if that's everyone but like i'm moving away from a place where like i want Anyone, I, I want the minimum amount of bias and opinion injected into a news article as possible at this point, because if, if I want that, I'll just go to Twitter. Um, but if I want like just facts, then I go to the news. So I think for that reason, I'm 0% loyal to any news organization. I just like, give me the most straightforward facts. And honestly, I find that on Twitter the most, you can go fact check it with news organizations or, or whatever, if you want to see like what people are saying about it. But like, yeah, anyway, so I'll be curious to see how this plays out um, and to see if the New York Times really can hold that brand legacy that they have. They have a phenomenal brand legacy. They're very well known with their target audience and demograph. Things are shifting though, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I think that I think they're in a no lose situation here. I think that if they lose, then they go back and they just negotiate. I think if they win, then they have you know the law on their side and they can negotiate almost anything, which would be really phenomenal for them. It's not that it's not necessarily something I'm pulling for, but. Yeah, I think we're going to watch this. I think sort of like just also in terms of, you know, this podcast and AI applied, like, you know, listen, this isn't really going to change the news as we uh, digest it. It's really sort of like what the future of journalism is and all that kind of stuff. But like, I think sort of like wherever you get your news right now, you are going to sort of still have that opportunity. I just think that this is going to be the future uh, of how news gets amalgamated. And I think that I think you're absolutely right. I think more and more people are just not going to care. It's just gonna be like, whatever, like I got, you know, wherever this came from, it sounds right to me. And it sounds unbiased. And I'm just going to read it. Yeah.
So such a fascinating story. We'll keep you updated as this goes through and they announce the winners and losers and, and all the drama in this. Because I think beyond just OpenAI and the New York Times, the reason everyone's talking about this and paying attention is because the New York Times represents all news organizations and OpenAI represents all AI organizations in this case. So how this determines like dramatically impacts the AI landscape. We'll keep you up to date on all of it. But thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Um, even if it's just, you know, uh, dropping us, hitting the stars on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it wherever you're at, but we hope that you all have a fantastic rest of your day and an amazing 2024.